0: Welcome to the Nuggets, Inc. podcast, presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a good show for you here today. Uh, Maybe it's mediocre. Somewhere in the middle. We talk about Bones Highland looking pretty good. Jamal Murray comes up big in OKC. Nikola Jokic, could you shoot a little more, Nikola? All that and more coming up next. And we're back for another edition of the Nuggets, Inc. podcast. Your host, Matt Schubert, talking to Mike Singer via telephone technology coming into play. The wonders of the human mind. San Antonio, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Are you getting ready to party over there, Mike Singer?
1: Yeah, scouring the local Mexican uh, margarita scene, um, you know, up and down, up and down downtown San Antonio, Market Square. Um, y- you read me like a book. Yeah, uh,
0: I I I hear the River Walk on a Sunday night's pretty wild. Uh,
1: which is why we are hustling to record this this episode so I can get to the Riverwalk
0: <laughs> all right well last time we talked uh, was uh, I think a little over a week and a half ago uh, since then uh, the Nuggets have lost to the Lakers uh, beat Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City and then beat the Spurs I ran rough shot over the Spurs uh, at Ball Arena on Saturday night that's the most recent game uh, Mike and, and and I believe you called them the nugget trotters them, was no, that was
1: the uh, the, the uh uh denver globe nuggets i feel the like nuggets Nug- Nug- i, I don't do you know which
0: one's it? better i don't know which one it, i can't say
1: did you feel lukewarm about it when that copy came in on deadline
0: <laughs> i, <laughs> I was that. i was like fine i'll let the, we're, we're, this, we can run with this
1: okay great <laughs> <laughs> for your information i got an email Uh, with the subject line denver uh globe nuggets oh wow so somebody liked it it wasn't the worst they they Uh,
0: weren't they weren't trashing it they were saying nice work
1: uh it was a 500 word email dissecting the nuggets so no he was not trashing it he was very much engaged
0: oh wow wow that's good that's good and and so let's start off right right there uh the the start of the night bones highland uh he had himself a white chocolate pass at one point i believe you were the one who referenced that and then also uh there was reference to alan iverson who is from relatively the same part of the country as bones highland so your thoughts
1: uh it was a special night um for bones and you know, look. I would have been uncomfortable making the Allen Iverson comparison myself. Makes it a lot easier when uh, you ask uh, Michael Malone about it post game, and he invokes an Allen Iverson story when the Philadelphia seventy sixers were trying to learn what they had in AI, and a um, and a summer league coach is, is doesn't know what to do with himself when AI is not passing the ball, and AI goes, "You must not have watched me in college. This is what I do." <laughs> And, um, and it was a great anecdote and it's, and, and Michael Malone used it when I asked him about it, um, to convey how he's looking at the bones situation. He goes, I don't want to turn him into John Stockton when he's not John Stockton. Uh, bones is doing exactly what we knew he was going to do when we drafted him and I've empowered him to do so. Bones said later that night, he says, go be busy. That's what Malone has told him. um, I don't know if he told him uh, to high-five fans. I don't know if he told him to mean mug the San Antonio Spurs bench when they did not say anything to him. Uh, (laughs) An old friend, Greg Popovich. Um, Unclear whether that was the message from Michael Malone, but Bones Island did it nonetheless. And, um, I mean, to say that this dude is like, I mean, I don't know if we were to rank the, the fan favorites. He's, I mean, he's top three. You know, yeah, not ahead
0: of Nicola, obviously.
1: Uh, he's not ahead of Nicola, but the way he plays and his style is so infectious and energetic and engaging. And I mean, shoot, he will high-five fans um, at the expense of defense. And what fan doesn't love that?
0: <laughs> uh, just, just to go through the line, 9 of 17 from the field, 6 of 8 from 3, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 24 points in 25 minutes. Not bad.
1: Yeah, I tied a career high with those assists. Um, in his last two games, has fifty points uh, on thirteen of I believe 21 threes. So not bad efficiency on the season due to shooting.
0: Thirteen of twenty, from- just to just to get okay.
1: Thirteen of twenty, um, even better. Due to shooting fifty percent from three um, this year. Uh, him and Michael Porter Jr. having the race to fifty who can actually eclipse the 50% mark um, bones is holding up his end of the bargain. The, the dude is, just. And, and what's interesting is that they struggled and, and that second unit was in serious flux without bones. And when he comes back, you can't bank on a type of night like he had, um, you know, last night, every night. But when you inject that type of talent and that type of energy and pace, the second unit becomes so much more devastating. And it actually has an identity because with Bruce Brown, I'm not really convinced they have a great identity. Bruce Brown is a break glass scenario point guard. Bruce does a lot of really good things. I'm not convinced he's the best point guard. I understand that he can play it, but I, I don't. He, he certainly does not have the, the, the speed and the shiftiness of Bones, the breakdown ability. Um, and, and a lot of passes I, I see him throwing into traffic. And so I think that they would ideally not like to use him in that scenario, but when forced to, he, he he's adequate. Um, but this is Bones' second unit. This is they traded Monte knowing that they would empower Bones and give him a runway. And I mean, I think I saw on NBA.com. Uh, John Schumann does his um, weekly stats, and, like just kind of breakdown from you know various angles, and Bones Highland leads the league in terms of. The, the jump in usage percentage from last year to this year, which is a great indicator of how much more responsibility um, they've they put on his plate.
0: So he's he's only averaging 19 minutes a game right now, uh, but 13.7 points. I, I think <clears throat> th- this is the thing that uh, maybe uh, Will Barton at, at his best, if he was willing to come off the bench, would have been, which is microwave score but also can create for others. Uh, and now they're getting it from Bones. Uh, 4.1 assists, 2.6 assist to turnover ratio. All that is great, I would say, uh, for for what he's doing. And he did that. He's coming off an injury when he had those two games.
1: Right, and so he had the hip the hip strain that kind of popped up out of nowhere. He um, he injured it uh, during warmups in Los Angeles when we were when we were there for the Laker game. And um, it came up completely randomly. Malone didn't even know he was hurt until they were walking under the court to start the game. Um, he ends up having a good day in practice and then he has, I don't think it was a setback, but it just it kept bothering him and it kept lingering um, into the next day's shoot around for Oklahoma City. He ends up not, um, ends up not playing that game. And you know that was the game consequently where Jamal Murray went off. Um, and, and he kind of really saved them when they desperately needed, Um, an injection because put
0: a pin into that we'll get to that in a little bit
1: we will and i won't go long on that but the idea that you know bones absence is a huge is a huge piece to the puzzle and malone has like already kind of joked about how the second unit he's like how can it be consistent when there hasn't been a consistent second unit like you can't chide him for that And so last night against the first game of the Spurs, we'll call it Spurs 1.0, given that they face a Monday night here as well. um, The rotation was just uh, it was just flawless. I mean, this is a deep and devastating team when they're healthy. Um, And and that's kind of the, the whole caveat of the year when healthy, because when you're missing a piece, it has a trickle down effect. You have. Um, Dave on Reed sliding into the second unit. You have Bruce playing point guard. You have not a lot of offensive creation in that second unit and, and need to stagger either, either Porter or Jamal with that second unit, which is tricky when Porter gets into foul trouble and Jamal is ostensibly still on a, um, on a minutes restriction, uh, which is slowly creeping up. But when bones is there, it, it puts everything into place and man, his chemistry that is budding with Jeff green and Deandre Jordan um, those three need like a reality show or at least a nickname. Um, I'm pretty sure those dudes, lo- those two dudes love, uh, their young gun bones.
0: So you, uh, you wrote about this in the Sunday Denver post, uh, about MPJ and Bones sort of making magic together off of the bench. Uh, Mark Kislow said he thought that, uh, Michael Porter Jr. should come off the bench and be a super six man. Um, do you think what what you, what you were writing essentially is, what, quick hook on Michael Porter Jr. in the first quarter and then have them sort of staggered so that they're running together a lot? Or what exactly do you think is what works there?
1: Yeah, I think you can split Porter's minutes, and, and it, it is taxing on him. Like, it's kind of a weird rotation. He plays, like, the first five minutes, then he comes out, comes back in and bridges the end of the first quarter, the second quarter comes back out and then maybe closes the second quarter. Um, and it's a lot to ask a of, of, of porter, and, and certainly foul trouble can can mess the whole plan up. Um, but he talked about it at yesterday's shoot-around. He basically just said it's he, he plays a simple game when he's with. That was a quote. He plays a simple game with the starters. Uh, obviously, read and reacts to what Joker and Jamal are doing, and he's um, on, pretty clearly the third option there. And he's a floor spacer. Uh, Floor spacer and a cutter and Joker will, you know, find him and he can hit the glass second chance opportunities. And that that's kind of his role with that starting unit. The um, the second unit, he is a ballast to what Bones does in terms of a floor spacer, uh, in terms of a guy who can hit in transition and just pull up. Um, If the offense has no flow or or is lacking identity, you can just get MPJ on the block and he can back somebody down. Like he is a matchup problem um, and he can be featured in that second unit and whatever shots he doesn't get in that first, with that first unit, he can get all the shots in the second unit and he can, you know, it's like a one a one B type thing with him and bones and, they are all for this. As I wrote about, they, they kind of realized their chemistry during the preseason in Chicago. And they were like, man, we each have immense gravity with our range. I mean, we already talked about it. damn near shooting 50% for both of them, um, from three point range. And Porter told me the reason why it works, uh, is because we both have similar confidence in ourselves. That's a quote, similar belief in ourselves. And bones goes, um, it just gives me so much more space to attack downhill when I have a sniper out there, and that's what Porter is. And, and those two um, can just play off of each other. And I mean, in the pecking order, you're you know if you're if you're looking at the second unit, that's a, those are going up against sixth and seventh guys on opposing teams, and on most teams, Bones has a really good chance of starting, so you already have an advantage there. Um, and then you, you're not asking the offensive. Uh, you're not asking offensive responsibilities from Jeff Green and DeAndre um, and Christian Brown is just getting his feet wet. This is you can really empower those two on that second unit. So um, Malone has said he wants to have a a, a starter on the second unit uh, play with the second unit at all times, um, and he has chosen uh, MPJ to do so.
0: Do you do you give any uh, credence any any thought about what what Mark uh, uh, proposed about having MPJ be a six man, and then and then having uh, excuse me, Bruce Brown start in his place.
1: Well, I mean, maybe in theory that would work, but um, you know, outside of Russell Westbrook, I don't know a max player who is coming off the bench uh, and is cool with it. Now, and,
0: got paid quite a bit of money to be a six man.
1: It's a great point. It's a great point. Do do they have similar ethoses? Do they have similar approaches? I think Monte Janobi um, was the 60th pick in the draft. And Correct. MPJ was at one point the number one recruit in the country. Um, so it, so
0: you're saying an ego thing, right? That it's just not something that a player of Michael Porter Jr.'s caliber would willingly accept.
1: And maybe that's an unfair assumption. I don't think it's an unfair assumption, but I'll, I'll allow the possibility for that to be. Well, Will
0: Barton um, certainly wasn't a fan of it.
1: Great point. It's a great point, and MPJ is getting paid double the money that Will Barton was. So, um, at the end of the day, money is very much a factor in these roles. Um, shout out Paul Millsap playing over Jeremy Grant, and um, these are the things that happens. I do not think that Michael Porter Jr. would be content um, as a super sixth man. That is a guess, an assumption, um, and I don't. And, and I also think he adds a lot to the offense um, with that first unit. I think Joker is. Is, is relearning how to play with him and appreciates the effort he's putting in. And um and, and he really does. He spaces the floor. Like, you know, that all the double and triple teams that Joker was seeing uh, last year, he's not seeing them as much because Michael Porter's on the floor with him a lot. So there's a lot well, of... Well, and Jamal
0: Murray's on the floor with him, too. I mean, he's there, sure. there, there's more shooters, Contavious, Caldwell, Pope. It, he, it just all around more shooters on the first unit.
1: Yeah. Um, but... I mean, look, I appreciate Kiz's opinion. I think he he's he's trying to give Porter a runway to just completely cook with that second unit, which is um, I, I I understand the premise. Uh, I just think that there's it gets thorny. Like, let's just be honest, it gets thorny when you're asking a max player to come off the bench and um, you're you've you've paid him, but then you're saying we don't we don't want to start the game with you out on the floor. That is an ask. And I don't think that it would, I mean, again, I guess I'm not convinced that that would sit well.
0: He's, he's averaging uh 21.9 or 20, 29.1, excuse me, minutes per game. Um, seems like they're they're really not holding back and playing him Who other he, than uh, Michael Porter jr. excuse me. Uh, yeah they're 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 not really holding him back in terms of load management. I know he did miss a game uh, with uh, with back trouble, but it it doesn't feel like the thing that we thought might happen has happened yet.
1: no, and more than that, man, like you, you talk to people, I've talked to executives from other teams. And they are stunned at his engagement on, um, maybe not stunned, but happily surprised at his engagement on the defensive end. And I noticed it against the Spurs, 7.5 rebounds on the season. Um, he's crashing the glass. He's being more physical. Um, everyone used to, you know, chide his hands and say he had weak hands. Hell, he caught that pass from um, that 95-mile-an-hour fastball from Jokic from the from the three-point line. And uh, held on to that one pretty well. Um, so I, I think that there is, around the league, a very pleasant surprise at his engagement defensively and how hard he's trying. And that is, that's all you can ask for at, is, is effort. If you are trying to get better, which he is, um, and I've heard that from inside the organization and outside the organization, that shows a level of investment. And, uh, and I've heard it in terms of a player. I've heard it in terms of a person. Um, I think he is maturing, and, you know, obviously the offense is there. He's talked about that the offensive side is easy for him. Um, defensively, obviously it is not as natural. But if you are diving on the ground trying to get loose balls, he's six foot ten. He can't even help but get his arms into the passing lanes. Um, and if you can kind of read and process the game and learn to read and process the game um, from a defensive standpoint, he, he's not going to be a, as big a liability as he was the last two years. I already don't. I already think he has um, made significant gains in that regard. So um, all things are trending up for Porter. He's played eight of nine games. Um, the back thing, you know, that cropped up was just a muscle tweak. Um, super encouraging that by no means did that linger. I think that that was almost like everyone, whether it was set or not, was almost like a benchmark. Okay, we got past the first bump. And he has said, the longer he plays um, this season, the more resilient and healthy his body will become, um, which may or may not be true, but that's what he believes.
0: I I, 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 I'm not sure if I buy that. I, to me, like maybe sitting one every eight or nine games isn't such a bad idea.
1: And I will um, impart your advice to Michael <laughs> Malone, and uh, <laughs> you know he will say, uh, "Thank you, Deputy Sports Doctor Matt Schubert." and um, and we'll keep him moving. Uh, you're probably not wrong, but that won't stop me from being a jerk.
0: <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, you mentioned the defense. They're 20th in defensive rating right now. So uh, not quite the top five defense that Michael Malone was hoping for early on in the season. Uh, obviously playing a room of, for improvement. Guys playing together again for the first time in a while. Who knows? Maybe that ticks up. But right now. Still not great, and there was moments in the OKC game in particular oh that were it bad.
1: Was so bad. It, it was a layup line. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were so many examples of lack of hustling back on defense, lack of matching up in transition, uh, lack of communicating a switch, lack of being physical, lack of moving your feet, and. I get that at Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be an All NBA player this year. Pretty good, he huh? Is, he is, I mean, I don't know how do you feel about this analogy. I think he is like the Greg Maddox of driving in that <laughs> he switches, it, he switches tempos, speeds, angles, all of that. He does all this weird, crafty stuff and it yields. And like, you see Aaron Gordon jumping like at his pinnacle and he can't even touch SGA's like little floaters because he's he's ha- he's, you know, mistimed him for a, a split second. And he is so clever at those things. Um, all that being said, the Nuggets interior defense is has been god awful, has been god awful on the road, uh, in more particular, um, which is a problem because we are beginning a four game road trip. And uh, currently, and, and that bleeds into six of their next seven on the road. And um, it's about to get hairy. And, and I think it's an even bigger, um, bigger range than that, maybe something like eight of 10 or nine of 12, um, where their defense is going to get tested. And it's like, your, your defense has to travel. They keep saying it. The defense has to be the anchor, has to be the constant. It has not been. And it's funny because after the San Antonio route um, Saturday night, Michael Malone was like, yeah, like I'm not convinced we really figured everything out, like or, everything and or anything out. Um, this team has a lot, a lot of places to go um, still. And the funny thing is, is that that's the trouble with the win, like with like Saturday night against the Spurs, it give you a false sense of confidence, um, which if that's the case, then it's going to get exposed real quick uh, early on in this trip.
0: All right, that, that we got to take a quick break and then we'll come back, talk about a couple other things.
1: The Nuggets, Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts, and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv.
0: All right, and we're back. We just got done uh, talking about some defensive problems that came out against OKC in particular on the road. The man that saved them, one Jamal Murray. He just took over. Uh, Shades of old Jamal, Bubble Jamal, at one point with a almost three sixty dunk. I mean, close in the lane in traffic,
1: uh, maybe, one, maybe 180
0: ish. I don't know. I it, it was in between one eighty and three sixty. The two twenty, we'll say. Um, okay, he he was spectacular in that game, and he he's the reason they won. They they were really teetering there, and uh, and uh, he he turned it around. T- tell me, what do you think of what you saw from him on that game?
1: Um, Real quick, I don't know if you just heard a noise. I did uh, over my phone. Uh, the the difficulties of trying to do a, a podcast over the phone. Uh, I just got an Amber Alert uh, in San Antonio, uh, and so oh that's what distracted me. Um, you asked about uh, Jamal Murray and, and and Oklahoma City and what happened there, right? Um, we, we, we ta- I specifically talked to him after the game, and he was like. I mean, I, I even asked him about that reverse dunk and he goes, uh, I'm like mentioning Lou Dord and how Malone was complimentary of him and how Darius Baisley rotated over. Uh, and Jamal looks at me, he's like, Mike, like I'm decent myself. Like (laughs) I'm okay. Like I can still do things. Um, and that was kind of, I think a pinch me moment. Uh, and, and I keep talking about these landmark moments on their, on their, you know, roads back to recovery and that reverse dunk, the 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 takeover uh, kind of shifty jumpers that he's just kind of known for living around the elbow, the the hitting the corner three pointer, pointing at the fan, whoever. And, and I asked him, did the, guy, "Did the fan say anything?" He goes, "No, I blacked out. I don't know if he said."
0: Anything. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like that. I like that comment quite a bit.
1: And it's and it's like you know, there, Murray is still there, a- and so he's getting his legs under him. And what's interesting is that. I think that we have this impression of Jamal Murray as a, as a score-first point guard, a score-first guard, combo one or two guard, whatever you're going to call him. Um, and what's funny is everybody kind of slept on his playmaking, which is what we are seeing and what we saw um, against San Antonio. Nine assists, and some of those assists are so pretty, just setting Joker up. And I joked about it on Twitter. I was like, you know, Joker hates taking all these shots. Um, but these passes from Jamal Murray are so good. He, he, It is the right basketball play to shoot them. I mean, hell, it's a, it's a wide open layup that Jamal has served you on a platter. Um, you're not going to kick it out to the corner. You're going to take the easy points. Um, and Jamal has just really taken, again, I don't know if it's leaps in that regard or if we just forgot that he can do that. And so the assumption is that he's a score first guard, but he's like, all right, if you're going to, you know, be aggressive on me, I'm good. You know, doing like pivot dribble, hard dribble and and exposing a window and just dropping it off to other guys. Like I can still do that. So, you know, we didn't talk to, to Jamal after the San Antonio game, but 13 points, nine rebounds. Like my assumption is that he's very cool with that. Like that is a lot of points created. That is a lot of offense created. Um, maybe he's wants to score a little bit more, but like the nine assists is, is, is not insignificant. Um, and so, you know, I mean, the gains that he's made offensively and, and defensively, we talked about it last episode, he's, it's going to come, but I, you know, I still don't know that I trust him moving laterally a ton yet. Um, but that only gets better over time.
0: Do you, do you think, um, we're getting to the point here where we can expect over 30 minutes a game every night out with him that, that they're going to start to just let him loose.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're there. Um, I think it started in the, um, yeah, it started at Los Angeles where, and I wrote about this where Malone took him out and he said, right. I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to play or do you want to, um, finish that come back in and finish out the game? He ends up playing 32 minutes that night. Malone later said he, he broke through his minutes restriction. Um, that would be a rock solid cement, uh, minutes restriction because the next game he played one more minute and played 33 minutes. Um, so, you know, I think that it's creeping up and fortunately you talked about kind of rationing him throughout the year. He only played 23 against, uh, San Antonio Saturday night because it was such a blowout. Um, and those games are huge reprieves and are on our welcome sites when you don't need to overextend guys. Um, so yeah, we're 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 creeping up to the to the thirty plus mark regularly, and um, you know, uh, it's coming. I mean, you how many games in a row are we writing old Jamal or vintage Jamal or uh, you know, bubble Jamal is being referenced like it's happened like four or five times already in a nine game season, and he's I think he's played eight games. So uh, it's coming. I don't know when it will be a quote unquote every night consistent thing, but like. I mean, he had back-to-back games, 21 points, 24 points, against the Spurs, 13 points, 9 assists. Like, these are impactful games that he's already having um, after 18 months off. Yeah, and I, I think was, that Michael... He's po- be doing backflips with, with his production thus far. I,
0: I, what I was going to say, I think that, you know, Michael Malone basically said something along the lines of, we don't know if we're going to have Jamal be Jamal until Christmas. Um, it, that seems like an under-promise, over-deliver situation. What do you think?
1: Um, as, uh, somebody in the, uh, content production business, uh, that is a staple of my Minecraft. <laughs> so, uh, respect, uh, Michael Malone. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, next topic I want to get to here. I'm, I'm going to read you off the field goal attempts for Nikola Jokic so far this season. All right, and this is starting game one to uh, the San Antonio game, game nine. 17, 13, 10, 4, 17, 10, 16, 9, 10. That's not a lot. That's a, we're, we're talking one, two, three, four, five games where he's shot 10 or less. What do you think's going on? Cool.
1: There? Cool. Let me tell you another number. percent that's his field goal percentage would be a career high which shatter uh his previous career high right Um, which
0: makes you think maybe he needs to shoot more
1: and the offense is sixth overall, tied for fifth right now in the nba um maybe this is the ideal joker maybe joker really like like he really did not want to score all the points that he did the last two seasons, 27.1 last year, 26.4 the year before in his MVP years. That was not who Joker is at his core. I think he would prefer to not. And in fact, next time I talk to him, I will ask him that question because it, it's an interesting thought. Like where is his happy medium? And was he just doing that because it's what the team mandated? He's averaging less than 12 shots a game. The offense is cooking. He's still learning who he has around him and, He's letting people eat. Look, my man ate the last two years. He doesn't need to eat anymore. And guess what? He is 0.8 assists away from averaging a triple double throughout the first nine games of the year. Um, you heard it here
0: on the 20- Nuggets Inc podcast, by the way.
1: And, like, I mean, you know, as Jamal gets better, that number is going to creep up. As he plays a little bit more with Bones, that number is going to creep up. Um, I mean, just on so many statistical measures, like Aaron Gordon's uh, among the league leaders in dunks, uh, MPJ and Bones are flirting with 50%. Joker could not care less about the shots that he's taking because the offense is just humming and playing unselfish basketball. 37 assists against the Spurs. This dude, this dude would be happy with nine points a game. Um, if his teammates were, were killing and they were winning. He, he, he is indifferent to what his numbers are. It's just like this is the situation that, that he's in with the guys around him, and that is the this is what the, the algorithm yields in terms of points production. I don't think he's ever paid a half second of attention to his averages. Um, I really don't. That's not how he's wired. And, you know, I read something interesting. There was an interview this week with Felipe Eichenberger, and, 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 and you know, he was interviewed by NBA.com, and Joker said, you know, I didn't want to win MVP because that is, a, a, is an individual award that almost mandates that you have to have a selfish approach to basketball. So there, he kind of gave us the answer. Um, he kind of said, I, don't, I did not love what I had to do the last two years, even though it won me these awards. And, and we we obviously knew that that's not what what drives him. Um, but in an ideal world, uh, I think he's good with twelve shots a game, and and doesn't care. He's like, this is look. If Jamal's going to keep putting stuff on a platter, he'll take the shots. Um, but I don't think he really wants them or cares.
0: Yeah, I I, 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 I hear you. What I'm saying is is you know too bad eat your vegetables, Jokic. You, you got to shoot a few more times a game. You are an amazing scorer. Who's shooting sixty two point three percent from the field? I,
1: I, I will say, I will say, look, it kind of bit them in the butt in that Oklahoma City game because they everyone's. I think they hit uh, ten or 11 threes in the first quarter, and you know their offense was just on fire. And he didn't even need to. But then once Oklahoma, once the defense fell apart, Oklahoma City starts coming at their coming at their throats um joker had to like flip a switch and became more aggressive in that third quarter it's just like if you spliced in a couple more shots like throughout the first half it wouldn't be such a, a stark contrast your your um aggression in looking for your shot um and so yes he needs to wrap his head around i can do this whenever i want so therefore i should do it more and i actually think a little bit of what what happened um it's funny because they had 37 assists against the spurs but there were a, at least five or six examples of them being um, too unselfish where Joker would have a shot and he'd just like whipple past baseline, trying to find another guy in the corner and maybe get deflected or get, be a turnover or whatever. And it was just like, it, it, it was like almost nobody wanted to take the shots because they wanted to get the highlight assist. And i I've, no, you know, obviously that's not their motivation, but there were, there were a number of examples where they just bypass looks. Um, and so, Someone needs to get in Joker's ear and say, hey, dude, when you got a window, just take the damn shot. You're the freaking two-time MVP. OKC okay, um,
0: game, uh, triple-double, actually a quad-double with 10 turnovers. Um, if, if he's not forcing those passes, he's also, by the way, 6 of 9 from the field in that game. Probably benefits the team a little bit. And we did not note this. He passed Wilt Chamberlain in assists. Wilt Chamberlain the man his name is all over the it, record books
1: not an assist in triple doubles yeah that, yeah yeah that's what, yeah
0: triple doubles yeah
1: triple doubles among centers uh, in NBA history he's now sixth overall um, he's chasing some guy named LeBron for number five uh, Joker it, I mean and I was in the, I was in the locker room that night they, they passed the ball around um, they all signed it for him. He's like holding it in a, uh, in like just a little like grocery bag, like walking out. Um, Honestly, they get him, they get him this sign thing and he's like staring at his phone and probably watching horse racing or something. (laughs) And I I asked him, I was like, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, "Uh, you know, maybe someday I will find it in my closet and remember who my teammates were. Um, He's just like so self deprecating and I pushed him on it because I thought this was the case. His wife actually has and built um, a shelf or two shelves for him to, to, to have his awards, his Player of the Month, his MVPs, his All-NBA awards, his All-Star stuff. Um, and so there is a shelf somewhere in the Jokic abode to celebrate himself. And I said, do you like that or does your, or does your wife Natalia like that? And he goes, I just like to m- make my wife smile and she likes it. So I'm good with it. And and that is for, for any newlyweds out there. That is that is the move. That is the right. Move.
0: <laughs> so, um, Mike, not sure what else we really want to get into. Uh, it's uh, like like we were talking about San Antonio number two coming up in sunny San Antonio, Texas, on Monday night. Um, what are you looking for on this road trip? Is it the defense? Is it something else in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the game was such a blowout on Saturday night that you and, and Bones like, I mean, he pretty much danced on San Antonio's grave um, that you wonder whether there was a disrespect thing. Like, I I, I kind of wonder, does Michael Malone send uh, uh, Greg Popovich a bottle of wine with a note on there saying, hey, man, I apologize. I did not want that to get out of hand or Uh, you know, I feel bad that we were showing you up or any like, or if that conversation ever has to happen, I, I just, I find it interesting because they have such a unique relationship, pop and Malone. Um, and you know, this is classic nuggets. You, you build yourself up, you, you knock them out by 25 points. Um, are you setting yourself up to be complacent? Are you, setting yourself up to expect something different from a different effort level um they got to go on the road they're not playing at home um on monday night and so you know you always ask yourself where is the what is the approach what's the motivation look like uh and then you know they go to indiana a young team that's hungry again at home and then you have two really good teams in i mean boston's obviously a better team than chicago but you know, Chicago's end of an eight day road trip. None of these games are easy. You talk to some of the coaches, they're like, all these games are going to be competitive. And you know, Malone will never admit this, but he, um, they definitely look at the schedule. They're like, all right, let's go two and two or let's go three. They have a benchmark, whether they say it publicly or not, who knows, but, um, look, they're six and three overall right now. They're four and oh at home. They haven't lost at home. One of five teams to, 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 uh, not have a loss at home. Um, and they've struggled on the road. So I think a two and two record would be a win. This is uh, me, head coach Mike Singer, um, you know, voicing my uh, my goals. Um, but, you know, yes, it's it's the defense. Keep the offense humming. Avoid injuries. Get back home uh, for the Knicks game at eight at eight and five. And then you go on the road again and face Dallas in a two-game set, um, which could have play. I don't, who knows if it has playoff implications? It's freaking November. It's so but, early, it's... but it's a, but but that but man, the amount of times those those two teams have competitive games, and it's like that we deserve a playoff series between Dallas and Denver. Um, oh, that's, that that's would always. Be it's always what I feel coming out of Dallas, um, with the added wrinkle of old friend Falcon Camposo added to the rivalry.
0: So. uh, the Northwest uh, Division is, can I say, sneaky good. Like U- Utah is seven and three now, and Portland is six and three. Both both of those teams I would not have seen starting out that well. Um, is is this going to be more of a dogfight than we initially thought?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I man, I can never predict. I can never predict the standings. That's so. I'm so bad. Uh, everyone assumes the Jazz are are tanking well they play hard um portland maybe jeremy grant has a bigger impact than anybody realized maybe anthony simons is ready to make a big step uh pelicans they're figuring their stuff out the clippers are, are obviously who, who knows what Kawhi's status yeah is. what's
0: going on uh, with him that that is uh, troubling
1: the timberwolves experiment has not worked yet um and i mean the craziest one is golden state lost five in a row that's i mean the defending NBA champions and you know, up until a week ago, there wasn't really a reason to doubt that they wouldn't be a top two or top three seed. Yeah, who knew it was so, a
0: problem when uh, one of your players knocks out another one of your players uh, in a practice and it gets out on all Matt, sorts of Evan platforms. It
1: is bad here, but I can still hear your facetious <laughs> tone that I don't appreciate. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, I guess that's fair when you have a pillar a pillar punch, another pillar, yes. um, pillars, pillars, fall. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's poetry guys. Yeah, um, wow. so no, you're right, man. But uh, like, it has been a weird start to the year. Uh, Phoenix, all their troubles that never, that didn't manifest into anything. They're seven and two at the jump. Um, and it almost feels like the first quarter of the year, you shouldn't even lift your head up. It should be about establishing your own identity and right. figuring out what you are as a team. Look up at Christmas and say, "Okay, these are the teams that have established themselves." You know, they all the twenty game mark is always the benchmark. It's like if you're ten and ten, you don't the odds aren't great that you're going to make the playoffs. Eleven and 9, 12 and eight, obviously the odds go up, but the the twenty game mark is is a big a big um, you know landmark in in a season that coaches look at i think the nuggets were 10 and 10 last year um ended up being a six seed at 48 wins but like um they're off to a really good start there's a lot of promise to what they're doing right now i've written it a million times the offense has the has the potential to be crazy the defense is marginally better um this this year it's going to be real it's already real uh and certain people have have you, you, you see those type of moments again in games like the the Spurs game and in games in a comeback I don't know if it was a comeback because you blew a 19 point lead against Oklahoma City that was a big win um, not blowing that and Jamal coming back and, and doing his thing so there have already been significant moments um, already we're just nine games into the year uh, all they need is four more wins in the next 11 games to get to you know get to that 10, 10 win mark but um, they're off to a really good start and, and I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to look around uh, at this point in the West.
0: Yeah, big road trip coming up. Lots of road games. Brutal schedule to start the season for the Nuggets. Absolutely brutal, um, which, oddly enough, the Avs also have a brutal schedule, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, Mike, I want to thank you for joining me. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Go on to iTunes, rate us, review us we rip will we rip, rip me the everybody yes it, it, that and i'm totally fine with that as long as you give us five stars like that's all i ask you, you tell
1: it's the lowest hanging fruit this side of the mississippi it just go rip to do
0: what you got to do there do what you got to do yeah. just five stars that's all i'm saying yep. mike yeah thank you for joining us we'll talk course, again soon
1: of course it was fun thanks a lot
0: all right Turn around, you're living in the shadow else's dreams. Welcome to the Nuggets Inc. Podcast presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a good show for you here today. Uh, Maybe it's mediocre. Somewhere in the middle. We talk about Bones Highland looking pretty good. Jamal Murray comes up big in OKC. Nikola Jokic, could you shoot a little more, Nikola? All that and more coming up next.